Hey all, welcome to Sermons from Centerpoint. My name is Pastor Christopher Lorette and we are just really glad that you're here today. I don't know about you, but it is a very chilly day outside today, <laughs> probably in the 40s, which for Texas is cold. <laughs> uh, this week's text that we'll be talking about is uh, 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8, if you'd like to follow along with our liturgist. And our gospel text is actually the pretext for the sermon. And that is in Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. This is the passage that deals with Jesus Christ being confronted by the Pharisees about what is the greatest commandment. And he responds to them with, love God with all your mind, soul, strength, and spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. I go ahead and explore this a little bit, especially what that means in our context. And whether we can actually say that we believe that God loves us as much as we're called to love. In any case, take a sip back as I pass it off to myself. We'll be introducing our liturgist for the week, Miss Sherry, who'll be reading our text from Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we have come to our time of the service for the reading of Scripture. And so I invite my sister Sherry to read our first Scripture this morning, 1 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 8. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Thess Thessalonians, in God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 2. Well, Sorry. you want to hear the rest? <laughs> it's really good. It is really good. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on my broken wing. That's fair. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Paul's ministry in Thessalonica. You yourselves know, brothers and sisters, that our coming to you was not in vain. But though we had already suffered and had been shamefully mistreated in Philippi. As you know, we had courage in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in spite of great opposition. For our appeal does not spring from deceit or impure motives or trickery, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the message of the gospel, even so we speak not to please mortals, but to please God who tests our hearts. As you know, and as God is our witness, we never came with words of flattery or with a pretext for greed, nor did we seek praise from mortals, whether from you or from others. Though we might have made demands as apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, like a nurse tenderly caring for her own children. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you have become very dear to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. And brothers and sisters, if you would stand as you are able for our gospel reading, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 46. 
When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And he said to them, that is Jesus, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them this question. What do you, say, what do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? Well, and they said to him, the son of David. And Jesus said to them, How is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord? saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under my feet. David thus calls him Lord. How can he be his son? And no one was able to give him an answer. Nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Today, we are going to talk about the greatest commandment. That we should love the Lord our God with all our hearts and all our minds and all our souls, all our strength and all our spirit. And that the second command is like it. That we should love our neighbor as ourself. Now, it's kind of funny because in the last 24 or so hours, uh, I've had several people who I have affection for who don't quite believe that they're loved. And I want to talk about that for a moment because I don't think that that is uncommon. I think there's a lot of people in this world, though they might say the words, I love you, or though they might receive the words, I love you, that we don't quite believe it. That there's something, whether it be our sense of humility or what have you, that we feel like we shouldn't fully receive what we are hearing. That some of us might think in our heart of hearts that we're not worthy of love because we're sinners. Or we're so broken, and if people really knew who we were, would they really love us? Now, I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands, but I can tell you, at least from my own personal experience, that I am one of those people as well. In fact, I remember talking to somebody about it recently and saying, you know, people will say, you know, I love you. And it just doesn't quite hit home. Like, I don't receive those words in, in my heart. And maybe some of you understand what I'm saying, and, and some of you are like, no, I'm the best thing on earth, which is fine. <laughs> For those of you who have learned how to be loved, that is a gift from God. 
For those of you who struggle with it, being loved, we could blame that on 50,000 different things, whatever it might be. But I just want to tell you this before going on. You're not alone. There are those of us who struggle with that. And so when we hear this, when we hear this passage that we're supposed to love God, and we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves, people like me look at it through a different filter. Not that I'm incapable of loving. I love my kids. I love, I love my wife. And I fully think that they should believe that with their whole hearts. And I try to share that with hugs, with words of affirmation, with gifts, with acts of service. And whatever I can in that person's love language, I try to share it so that they know beyond a shadow of a doubt of my affection for them. But for those of us who have a resiliency to it, it can be difficult to accept that. And that can color our view of this verse and our call. And so I want to take a moment for those of you who do have a resilience to love, like myself, to continually speak the truth to you, which is this. You are loved beyond a shadow of a doubt. In fact, you are so loved that God sent his son, his son, his only son, to the cross with full knowledge of your brokenness, of your sin, of the humility or pride or whatever gets in the way of you being able to receive that love. Regardless of that, he sent it because he loves you. Because our feelings don't dictate our reality. I'm going to say that again because some of us can get stuck in a dark hole sometimes where we feel worthless or we feel like we're not worthy of love or any of these things. Our feelings don't dictate our reality. That no matter how unlovable we may feel, how broken we may seem, how sinful you know you are, the truth, the ultimate reality is that God sees that and loves you anyway. Regardless of your sin, regardless of your brokenness, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the actions you've taken, God loves you. And he loves humanity. In fact, he loves humanity so much, it says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Now this might seem like a strange place to start with because Jesus' commandment was to love God. So why am I talking about how he loves us? 
because our capacity to love people, to love God, doesn't come from our own selves. We are cups of God's grace, of God's goodness, of God's mercy that are constantly overflowing with his presence, with his goodness, with what he has done for us. That overflow, that desire to share, to be generous, to go out and love is not something that exists just in and of ourselves, but it is of a reaction to what he has done for us. It is out of a reaction of what he continues to do for us. So before we can take the step to love God, to go out and love this world, you need to fully understand and fully accept and fully, dare I say, embrace the fact that you are a beloved child of God. Because when we accept that grace, when we fully understand that grace, when we fully stand our lives on that mercy and on that compassion, only then can we properly love God to the best of our ability. Only by understanding our place as a beloved child can we go out into this world and really show what the love of God means. And it's hard because we all have a thousand different excuses for why maybe we shouldn't be loved or why I shouldn't love this person. But when we go back to that core essential truth of God's infinite, immeasurable love for us, can we fully be ready to love him like he loves us? Can we be fully ready to love our neighbor as he loves us? It's not until we can fully see what Christ was doing, stand upon that, and say, I want to be him to this world. Because only then will people really see the love of God. Because only then will our neighbors truly see the love of God. One of the things I used to love to say when I was a youth director 
and I still think is very true, is that we love God best when we are loving people. We love God best, not through beating ourselves and getting on our knees and, and trying to discipline our bodies and all of those things. Those are ways to draw closer to God. Don't get me wrong. Well, maybe not beating yourself. <laughs> but to love God, we've got to be like Christ. And what did Christ do? I'm going to share one story there, and I think I've shared it before. There's a missionary who goes to Africa, fully intent on sharing the gospel, being an evangelist. And so he goes to this village, and he, li and he lives with them for years, sharing with them the gospel. And not one person comes to the Lord. His whole life spent in this one village preaching, praying, loving every single day. And he dies. And you might be like, that's a pretty depressing story. Well, what happens is that the agency that he was with, the people that he was with, the church, whatever it is, that's not the important part, sends a missionary to replace him, that same exact village. This new missionary comes and stands before them and gives the same spiel the previous missionary did. Hey, this is Jesus. Come to know him. And on that day, they said, yeah, we'll do that. Like the whole community is like, yeah, we'll do that. The missionary is aghast. Why? Why wasn't it, why was it this easy for me and so hard for this brother of mine who spent his whole life here? The elder of the town or whatever essentially said, oh, we're not doing it because of the right words you said. We're doing it because this guy ultimately preached and lived out what he said, the one who died. He lived among us for years, preaching and loving and sacrificing, and he walked the walk. It's not just because of what you said. It's because we know he loved us. Because love isn't just flowery words like in the movies. It's not just one action. But it is a continual perseverance to love. It is a commitment to continue. That is the story of the whole Bible. We have this God who in Genesis 1 sets up everything and it's perfect and it's great. And men and women keep sinning. And he's like, ah. And time and time again, he perseveres and keeps 
loving them. Keep staying committed to them. That's the story of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, Joseph. It continues over and over and over through the ages, even through some dark times and some super broken evilness that happens in the book of Judges. God perseveres and still loves them. Israel breaks apart and is put into exile, and God still loves them. His people continually reject him over and over and over again, and so he sends his son because he still loves them. Brothers and sisters, this is the love that we're called to. Not just some flash in the pan, one time come to Jesus talk, but a living out of every single day of our lives and every single relationship so that we might reflect the same love our Creator gave to us. Brothers and sisters, you are a beloved child of the Most High. He deeply cares for you. With every breath we breathe and the oxygen that fills our lungs, it is a reminder that He is the one that provides that air, that breath for us to continue. Throughout millennia, we have the God of the universe continually invested in the lives of men to show them his compassion and his love and his forgiveness and a call for us to do the same. Brothers and sisters, what is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like it, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You are called to love in word indeed, in breath, in relationship, in all that we do. So let's go do it. Let us pray. Father God, we need you. Help us to love. Help us to receive your love. Help us to fully understand the depthness and the richness of your love. Help us to be molded by that love, to want to give that love, to be a people of compassion and kindness and hospitality and goodness because of your love so that people might be able to see just a glimpse of you. Help us to believe it not just in word, not just as a recorded fact that we bring up every now and then, but in our hearts, deep in our hearts. 
Let it be a reservoir of water that continually overflows as we are reminded by your Holy Spirit of your deep care for us. Whatever the words, whatever the, the emotion, whatever it is to help to communicate to our souls that we are loved, God, help us to do that so that we can see it, be changed by it, and do the very same loving kindness that you do. Let your Holy Spirit fall down upon us, O oh Father God, and change us from the inside out. To help us realize how deeply you love us. And to help us share that love with the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.